dance like there's no one watching. Love like you'll never be hurt. Sing like there's nobody listening. And live like it's heaven on earth. Breaking through with Olam. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city. This is jam, jam hot. Jam, jam, this is jam hot. Welcome along to episode 41 of Breaking Through with Olim. In a return to an interview-based podcast, this is a very special and personal podcast done as Matt Brassington, ahead of Monday the 18th of January, known otherwise as Blue Monday. It contains some very personal information that I feel is important to share in the hope that it may help someone who is struggling. This is a very deep, raw and personal account of my last two years or so, covering such topics as falling out with close friends, the loss of a job, dementia of a parent, child abuse, spiraling depression, drug and alcohol abuse, and finally, thoughts of suicide. But it also contains hope, a road to recovery, invigorated life goals, and the advice for those that are in a similar position. Warning. This podcast contains subjects of a distressing nature, foul language and content that may easily offend. You can keep following me on all my socials at linktree forward slash olem underscore dj. Hey guys, I hope you're well. It's this time again. These days are flying by. Um... My name is Nat Rich, as you will know, this is The Talkwoods, and tonight I am joined by a very good friend of mine, um, one of my inner circle, Matt Brassington. How are you, Matt? I'm all right, thank you, Nat. Thanks for having me along. No problems at all. Um, this is a good, a good conversation tonight, and one we've been planning to have for some time on air. Um, the last time I had a, a chat like this on air um, was with Steph. Timanti, which I believe you watched as well, and yeah. Um, yeah, we just we cried for a bit um, because it's raw and it's emotional and it's real and it's a talkward, which is an awkward talk about things that truly matter. And I want you to know that I love you, and I'm so proud of you for doing this. And you are one of my really close friends. And I'm honoured that you feel that you can have this conversation on air with me. Um, we have notes because usually I don't do any planning for shows, but this is a very raw subject and I wanted to make sure that we go at it from the right angle. Um, because that's what matters to you most. Um, it's your story and I'm giving you the opportunity to tell it um, this evening. And um, I think it's going to relate to a lot of people. Um and before I kind of go into you a little bit, I just want to say to people who are watching, um, the essence of everything of me showing up at seven o'clock every night um, is about being there for other people and also fulfilling my own needs of connection and showing up every night. We're all at home. We're all on our own or some of us aren't on our own, but we still feel very apart from people. And I wanted to create this space where we can really connect 
and that we can talk to people and we can just all be tuned into the same thing. And tonight is a bit of a raw story. Um, it's going to be about Matt's version of life that he's been living and the time when he almost ended it and checked out of planet Earth, which sounds great to some people right now. But I promise you, after listening to this story, there is a positive ending on the other side. And there's a reason that we're telling this. So um, please, if you want to make any comments, do so. Be polite as always. If you are struggling, we'll do our best to support you and facilitate on any answers if we can. Um, but it's just going to be an awkward talk with one of my besties. And uh, welcome, Matt, to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I don't know any other way to have you other than to explain this show uh, and to kind of dive in deep. Yeah. First of all, do you want to tell the viewers why you felt like sharing this and what the the driving factor oh, is? Yeah, I, I think it's we as a man. I, I live it. I've lived most of my life uh, internalizing my feelings. You know, I, I come from quite a hard background. I spent a long, long time in the armed forces. I've also done quite rough and ready jobs since leaving the army, being a bodyguard and stuff like that. So I've actually had this perception that I was invincible, you know, and I I, I couldn't be hurt. And, you know, I, I've gone through most of my life being quite blasé about some of the topics that we're going to talk about, some of the things that actually tripped me up, actually. And, you know, I, I've come from a place where I... You know, I was quite happy-go-lucky, a bit of a clown, not a care in the world, you know, this talk about invincibility, just suddenly being hit one day and, you know, like the breath being taken out of me and going from this place of euphoria up here to absolute despair and, you know, uh, deciding to possibly take, you know, the final decision. And it's from this catalogue of events that happened over the last so one and a half years, I think, since that, you know, that day down in the ministry, you know, I'm quite a roller coaster and I'd like to share it because it's, you know, I think it's important that people realise that it it can happen at any time. Mm. It can happen to anyone and more importantly, it can be triggered when you least expect it. When you're actually at your best, you can just fall. Yeah, you can indeed. And I, you know, I want to congratulate you on your courage because we've had, you know, we have talkwoods all the time. Everybody knows me for having deep conversations. That's what that's my my tagline. And we've had many a conversation that has come up over the last year that has gone back to the point of where you thought about taking your own life because it's not just one area of your life it was it was connected to so many areas of your life which we will go into here with the with the the kind of list um of where it it went um because i want to show people that it you know it affects every part of your life um and you you can't really try and find a, a place to hold on to it when it feels like everything's gone um so I wanted to to kind of put the headings on what we're going to kind of over discuss today. I think we're going to go on for a long one, but we can uh, we can definitely go on this. But there were some 
notes that Matt made, um, I asked him to put together an idea of, of kind of how he felt about the situation, just so he could get it out of his own head and onto paper. And he came up with a list um, which goes like this. Um, there's a fallout with a best friend. There was a loss of a great friendship, another one. There was accusations of drug taking and selling. There was poisonous friends and their comments. Um, his mum's got dementia. Um, so there was a lot of child abuse around that that was actually forgotten. Um, so he couldn't do the healing part on that, essentially, with his mum. There was obviously the lockdown. Um, he created some goodbye videos for the kids before he decided he wanted to take his own, as he was deciding to take his own life. There was then a loss of a job. Spiraling depression and lack of self-worth. Drug abuse, speed, amphetamines, weight loss and energy changes. Then things started to take a turn for the better, um, which we will get onto, but I wanted to concentrate on the spiral. Um, whether you're spiraling up, spiraling down, you're living, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like you are. Um, and you won't be the only person with this journey, Matt, but it's very particular to each and every person. And this is what we have to honor and respect with everyone is that what gets them there may not get other people there. And that doesn't make any of it invalid. It makes it all the more interesting because everyone's got their own story to tell. So I wanted to start, and we're not going to go into names. We're not going to go into too much detail about some of the situations, but I want to do it from a different perspective. So I want you to sit back for me a second, Matt, and I just want you to take a deep breath in because this is a lot for you. And I want you to to know you can say anything. This is a space for you to say whatever you want to say. Um, you don't have to bring any of this to the table. If you choose to not do it now, you can exit. You don't have, you're not stuck here, but you showing up is you showing up for yourself. And I want you to know that I appreciate you for that. Okay. Thank you. So we'll start with the, we're going to combine the first two, a fallout with a best friend and the loss of a great friendship. And, um, that can happen to lots of people. Um, but how did you feel once that happened to you and kind of why was it so important to you? I guess growing up, and this is part, you know, that we're covering a bit, I, I wasn't very close to my family, my mum or dad. I hadn't spoken to them for quite some years. And, you know, I joined the army where a lot of people in my situation do. They, you know, they join the forces to have a family. And these are the guys and girls that they serve with and spend their lives with, you know, in all intents and purposes become their family. So what one of these close friends who I've known for like 27 years, just at this time seemed to, to drift away from me. And, you know, because of what I was going through, the way that I was looking at things, I took that quite personally and, you know, I began to doubt whether I still knew that person, whether I still knew myself, whether I was at, it was me or whether it was circumstance, you know, and it, it just goes on and on from there. And, you know, having not been close to, I guess, my mum and dad uh, because of the way they were when I was a youngster, I, I seemed to latch on to certain individuals that almost validate me if that's the right word to use they make me feel good and you know almost make me feel like i've got a purpose and you know when when those people disappear you know the, the two people in particular one was my best friend and one was a very very 
intense and close relationship when when that goes and that isolation uh starts to surround you in a amongst all, all of what you're going through you sort of i blame myself you know it just i blame i began at this point you blame myself for my parents abuse my, my friends deserted me you know and that that's from a relationship point of view if i'm looking at it it's very very much self blame and anger towards myself at this point you know and thinking that i'd only ever given kindness and openness and love out to these people that they were cold callous and you know they just threw me away away like a piece of fucking dirt you know and it just it hurt You're on mute. Um, because I wasn't sure if it was background noise, so that was a, a good point there. Ugh, there you go. I was saying, when did you um, realize that level of hurt? Because for a long time you were numb and immune and you didn't think yeah. you were invincible. What was the, had you always known that and you just put it down or was it a realization? I guess for a lot of my, you know, because friendships come and go. And when you're in this place where, I don't know whether it's being, I don't want to use the word obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, full of confidence, you think, nah, it's one of those things. But when when you're in a place where you, you feel vulnerable and insecure and these people, you know, don't return your calls. Don't return a text. You know, you send out a text, you don't get one back. It's those little things that happen in everyday life. But mm. when you're in this this place, it it's magnified, you know, exponentially. And it's like, wow, yeah, that, that bloke is throwing me to the curb. That girl's throwing me to the curb. You know, I'm not worthy. When really it's just they might be busy. <laughs> Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? That dark space of like, what did I do wrong? Did I do anything? Or, you know, why why are they not messaging me back? It's the mind that takes us there. And we can find so many reasons to validate that negative thought because we go into this spiral of feeling like we're not worthy in some way. And that's not necessarily true. But that's the first step of a spiral is the feeling like you're not loved. By two instances. I was, I've always been quite guarded. So when, when you're not, and when you let your barriers down, when you're trying to, to give out, and then this happens, they, the immediate perception is, why fucking bother? What, why, why give yourself out to people if they're going to treat you like this? You know, and it's just, it's weird because, you know, two different times, this could have had different results but it was just this moment it it was oh my god i you know i've never lied i've never been deceitful you know and i just feel like rubbish mm -hmm. i want to ask you about something you just said then and i like to go into these areas because i used to say to myself and people would annoy me or do something I used to say I've been really nice to you I haven't lied to you I haven't done anything 
And I had to be honest with myself and ask myself, had I actually lied? Maybe it wasn't specific to them at that time, but there were times in my life when I lied that I was trying, I had to take ownership of those points at the same time as trying not to blame others for my situation. And at the same time, trying to keep my head above water and find a reason to live. And it's it, just sometimes our reflection with other people when it's harsh, you know, really harsh, yeah. gives us the harsh reflection of ourselves. And that gives you more a reason to take the next step on the spiral down. And I'm so proud of you because since I've met you, you there's been an incredible amount of ownership um, of your flaws you've called them a few times to me um and when we're on the floor by the way we can only get back up like it's great on the floor sometimes because it's it's where we need to be sometimes so I don't look at it as a negative but you have grown a lot because you've now and I always make you do this and I'm sorry I do it but I always say oh look at the other person on the other side and I always make you look at the full circle of your situation how do you think because you're a new mat that's what i'm going to call you is the new mat today is a big difference from what you were like before and some people might still be in that space um how do you feel now knowing that you have a role to play in a lot of those relationships that cause you so much pain i, um, I think one of the points you touched on about perhaps lying and i think that the worst thing that I could be guilty of that I'm trying not to be now is lying to myself. Lying, saying that it's everybody else's problem or everybody else is to blame but me. What have I done wrong? Or you say stuff to people when really the first person you should look at is yourself and kind of go, am I doing the right thing? Am I being a real representation of myself? Because that naturally emanates from you if you if you're trying to be honest, try you know, don't say something to get something. Just say something because you want to say something. And you know that's just it's really weird saying that now. But I felt the old me used to not necessarily lie, but used to say things because I wanted a reaction. I wanted a certain reaction. I wanted people to like me, so I'd say something they'd like as yeah. opposed to just saying how I felt. And whilst that doesn't make you popular, you're being true to yourself. So I guess Matt 2.0, a little bit more honest with himself. Yeah, definitely. And and you're more relaxed in yourself by doing so because it's not, it's not an effort to be you now. No. Whereas before... It was. It's, it, we're all the same. We, we're putting up that facade or we're having that experience where we're constantly trying to be something or get something or do something. We're not being us. And that takes energy, man. That's like intense, intense. You can follow Olem on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Mixcloud, Spotify and YouTube. Go to www.linktree.com slash olem underscore dj don't forget to like comment and subscribe to his hit itunes podcast by searching breaking through with olem so i want to um jump on to and we won't stay here for too long because we've got quite a lot 
um, we want to go through. But something I didn't know about you until kind of I don't know, a good few months in is when you casually dropped it in the hat, you know, that your mom uh, has dementia um, and she doesn't remember anything. And I was just like, I didn't even know your mom had dementia or the trauma or anything. And it kind of came out in a truthful story, but you like slid it into our conversation. There wasn't like, a, oh my God, this is it. You kind of like just dropped it because you were dealing with it, but I don't know if you knew how to share it. Um, and that was difficult to see because obviously that's one of the worst situations. But can you go into that a little bit? for us yeah, I, I, I mean to put some context behind it my my mom's quite small you know barely over five foot you know asian background um she used to abuse me as a child physically you know to the point that you know i've been physically marked scarred cut beaten and stuff like that so as part of this chapter of my life i wanted answers i wanted accountability and I'd gone through some some sort of help with Mind, the charity, and, you know, God bless them, they're, they're really good at what they do. And I wrote wrote some letters to both of my parents where I'd uh, forgiven them, <laughs> which takes a lot. Forgiveness takes a hell of a lot. And my the response from my mother at that point was that I deserved to be beaten because I was a bad child. And, you know, as a... 30 something year old man as I was then I was like fuck you no you know because I've got my own kids and I said you you just don't treat anybody like that you don't treat kids like that you don't treat anything and I felt all this anger towards her so when I felt when I found out last year that she got dementia you know one of the kids told me I, I felt robbed I felt really robbed because this woman now doesn't remember the immense pain and problems that I, that, you know, I can't hold her solely accountable, but she's a contributing factor to a lot of the way that I was, you know, and I felt like I'm never going to get that apology. And it, it hurt it really i mean that is one of the catalysts in everything that's happened is that this bitch doesn't remember the pain that she caused a 13 14 year old boy and you know she quite casually last year said you know was asking me about these tattoos on my arms you know i've got tattoos you know some japanese tattoos and I desperately wanted to tell her well actually those tattoos cover scars that you cut you know where you cut me and where you'd stab me and i just you know the the things that i look at knowing that behind all of those angry faces is pain and that mm -hmm. there was this fragile woman in front of me who hadn't got a clue and well i just have to accept that that's i can't do anything about it Mm. and that's a, that's a deep place to go into because there's you feel like the opportunity like you said has been taken away from you in order to resolve that situation but without sounding too spiritual the you know the work is done inside and the the stuff that we have to go through internally is sometimes even harder to do so you know I find it fascinating 
how strong you are and how you've been with that because it's the opportunity was taken and not many people I know could deal with that even though you know you're facing the the reality of the situation a lot of people resist reality and that's where most of the pain comes from but you've taken that as an opportunity to go okay cool the universe is working in a different way and I've got to go in a different direction and I have to look at it a different way and you've done that like almost with ease I know it hasn't been easy but it's looked like it has so I want to say well done on that because it's it's astonishing to see that amount of growth in a very short space of time you really have snapped into this better version of yourself that you used to tell me that you wanted to be and uh, I'm getting really emotional now because I'm just thinking about some of our conversations and um, yeah I can remember you saying to me that you were like why is life like this and I said because you've asked it to be and you want to change and you've asked for a change so everything that doesn't work for you right now is going to have to leave in order to make space for what does work for you and your face was like when you were like being really sarcastic but you've literally jumped straight into that space of unknown and that's where the soldier in you you know you've been the army and that you're all that strength that you've talked about and that you know you've you've said in before your strength has come out in a completely different way because you've stepped into the unknown if i'm honest comes from not being able to protect myself and having this inside me where i wanted to protect everybody else whether it be in the army or you know as a bodyguard it's always been about protecting those that couldn't look after themselves but there's always been this deep underlying thing inside me where i just couldn't protect myself yeah i'm gonna go on to your next point um and i don't know if this was the order did did they go in the order that you were thinking of them or the order of the event that happened just so mainly that i thought about them and they happened so yeah. yeah so um lockdown which has been an interesting time for all uh, you especially um you decided you when you came to see me at ministry one afternoon i was bounding around doing my usual thing and you walked in in a completely different energy than you'd ever been before and i didn't know in full that you'd come to see me because that was going to be one of the last times that you were going to see me and I didn't know <laughs> and I remember you were talking to me and I was trying to convince you of something something else and then you we went and sat and had a different conversation and I knew something was up because I think I was trying to do something with work wasn't I and I just completely missed the point um and then you opened up to me how did you feel coming down to ministry it it was quite that day was quite surreal uh very much happened in autopilot i remember sitting in a meeting in the morning just having an overwhelming feeling that i couldn't, couldn't breathe that I, you know there was a pressure on my chest that felt really cross claustrophobic and you know my head was spinning and i needed to get out of there and i, I remember leaving there and uh I just had so much going through my head. It's like everything that I'd repressed for 
God knows how many years, just, you know, it was all swirling around and it was like, I could see it in front of my face and it hurt. It hurt my head and, you know, I had terrible migraine and I was like, I just want to sleep. I, I just don't, I, that's it, I've had enough. And I remember on my way to you, I sent two text messages, one to my mother and one to my father and just said, look, you know, you win. You know, it's about enough. Uh, don't don't be don't be absent from the kids' life. Make sure you're there more than you were for me and Bob, stuff like that. And I came to see you because I I needed to see you before I was going to do what I was going to do. Well, I'm glad that you did. I'm really glad that you did. And I remember seeing so much stress on your face and I didn't know what it was and you were trying to explain to me. I remember just sitting there looking at you, not really knowing what was going on and I'm not a therapist and I don't proclaim to be, but I knew you needed help. And you worried me that day. You worried me that day and... I, I can't even remember much of the conversation. It was just more of a feeling experience. Um, but then you, was it that night that you went home and recorded the videos? Yeah, pretty much. I'd sort of already had in my mind what I needed to do. And it's, I mean, there was, there was more that happened that evening, but it's, I recorded the videos because I didn't want, you know, anybody to think that they were to blame. I just just wanted to check out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And when by when we say recording the videos, he recorded the videos to his kids um, to explain the situation and to to do what he felt was necessary. Um, but luckily, you didn't need to use those. Um, but can I ask you kind of what made you decide to live? What was it that kept you going? Oh, my God. I mean, it happened. One of them. I can't, I don't want to say which one because it's a hell of a burden for them to have. Mm -hmm. I was in maybe the last minutes of, before I was going to shut my phone down, I was going through some pictures and, you know, I, I was prepped, I was ready to go. You know, I'm quite methodical like that and just went to switch my phone off and I received a text message. And in the back of my mind, I was like, you can't, you're, you're not hurting you, you're hurting them. And wherever you think you are in your life, things could always be worse. Um, from where I was, I felt that I had failed them. And there was a, a part of me that was like, no, you need to make them proud. 
and you need to do that from a place of strength so wherever you are right now pick that point in the future you fucking get there because these are the only two people that matter nothing else matters in the world so that was a catalyst for that well to whichever one it was good on you <laughs> i've met both of your kids and they're both fabulous really well well brought up kids from you and your ex-partner there's a there's some magic there in both of them and um i can i can see why you stayed very much so um after that decision of staying i'd love to say that it got magically better um <laughs> it, it didn't uh as life always does take another curveball um you lost your job yeah middle of lockdown uh-huh which was tough really yeah. tough i lost a purpose you know you gain one and then you lose it you know this this particular time that i'm i'm drowning and you know when you come up and you get some air but then you get hit by another wave and you go back down and all you are doing is surviving every wave mm -hmm. and you are still drowning you are not floating at this point you are drowning because with every breath you take you exhaust that air supply and then you get hit again and this is what was happening at this point this particular six months to eight months wave after wave after wave and it that's how it felt you know and you kind of go oh fuck it, give me a break but losing the job you know you're at home you're on your own you're feeling isolated and then you lose your job you lose your livelihood your reason to get up in the morning you know your worth has gone yeah it's what you think has gone I understand why you think that and we've talked about this before realizing that your worth is somewhere else yeah. but sometimes you do have to lose what your identity is wrapped up in in order to be able to see what is really there and you know one of the biggest things for me that I've noticed with myself is I used to earn a lot of money when I was younger always spending always doing things I shouldn't be doing but always made it financially and then there was a period in my life where I stopped earning money and I used to really struggle and be like, why, why, you know, and, and it was my identity was wrapped up in false things like, you know, Ibiza holidays and like nights out and weekends. And when I had no money and I had nothing else, I started to realize who I was without money and I needed to improve in many ways. And I know that by my own reflection of not having money, like, I'm, I can do life skin. If I'm skin for the rest of my life, I'm good skin. I can do skin very well. Like it doesn't define who I am. And I remember, I think you also coming to that realization that you're not your money and you weren't your job at the train, you know, the train company. And it, you, I think that light for you started realizing that there's, there's something else that you are and it has nothing to do with the train job. 
you had. You look like a train driver with your hat on today. <laughs> but the um, you then went into drug use to try and avoid the feelings that were coming up for you. A few times I called you and I was like, mm -mm -mm. and you were talking to me. And I was like, something's not right here. And you hated the fact that I called it. <laughs> you were trying to hide on the phone. But do you want to tell us a little bit about that and kind of where that got you? Well, you know, I've, I've never been impressed by drugs. You know, being in the forces and, you know, even being in, you know, the music industry, like, you know, surrounded by it, it's just float my boat. But then it started off really innocent, all of this. This spiral with the drugs. It was Red Bull. It was laying in bed at night, thoughts whirring from my head in the dark and thinking, and I just couldn't sleep. So I thought, right, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to be alone in the dark. I'd rather not sleep. So, so at first, you know, I was taking, uh, started with Red Bull and then went on to amphetamines. And, you know, I by the height, of this cocaine grams and grams and grams i honestly i can remember watching tv one night uh then going onto the computer to you know look at an old facebook account look at pictures and meanwhile you know i had a drink there and coke and next thing i knew half nine in the morning gone through the night and that just days and nights just merging to one and you know i've spent so long hiding from that aloneness at night time and you know whilst not realizing that all of these chemicals in my body were bringing out a lot of hate a lot of revenge a lot of, you know i was going through that toxic part now where i'm blaming everybody else do you know what it's, it's fucked up it really is because you know i'm drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die you know how stupid is that you know it's me poisoning my own body because i blamed everybody else yet it wasn't doing a single thing to it because nobody knew nobody knew nobody cared and they shouldn't it's not their problem you know it was me damaging me whilst blaming everybody else mm. yeah i think noticing that um i remember when i'd i'd not called you i think i called you no sorry i'd called you and i remember your response being like oh you've called me i'm like yeah why and you were like oh i i, I don't know i just i just didn't think you call me i was thinking i'm your mate why would I not call you? And that really helped me to see where you were without me knowing the full depth of it. Cause there'd been a few times when I called you and I knew that you'd been taking coke and I'd been pointing it out. But once I'd put the phone down, you know, I had got on with my life and I'd done other things, but your sheer response of, of surprise, the fact that I'd called you made me think that there's something else here and that there's a different level of loneliness that you must be feeling to be surprised by a friend calling you. Yeah. And it's just a call. 
and I think I think we stayed on the phone for yeah. ages that night but you were like it was thirsty for you to have that connection and I think a lot of people we don't call we whatsapp and it's yeah. it's not it's not personal no a text not message enough. doesn't convey the that and you know what it's, re it's really interesting what you said you know like your your phone call caught me out of the blue it was you know wow you know it was it was two three four you know however long it was but it, it's another moment in your life that that you just wrong a friend but to that other person on the other side of the phone made a world of difference mm -hmm. and all i can say to anybody who's in you know being in the position where i am your phone makes outgoing calls as well pick it up speak to a friend because they might not know and you know what just say you know simple as right in our bed you know if, you, if you've got a pal that you haven't spoken to just just chat because you, you sometimes don't realize how much the receiver of a phone call needs that call uh, yeah i feel like you know having just come off whatsapp which, by the way, is fucking ace. Not having WhatsApp, I am so needing to get that hoodie and T-shirt and promote it more. It's incredible. Um, but not having WhatsApp is so refreshing. And I don't feel, because I said to Becky this morning, who's also watching, we were saying it's really nice to actually text or call, you know, like go back to the old-fashioned text message or a call, because there's it's not instant instant messaging causes anxiety and you've seen whether things have been read or not or you know what's going on and if somebody's read something and then you haven't they haven't replied to you, you start going into a mind thing thinking why have they not replied what are they doing that causes so much anxiety just because it's instant but receiving calls for the last couple of days has been like hey how you doing yeah cool no worries nice to hear someone's voice nice to quickly chat and then they go and it's so good it's weird sometimes because you're like what, what the fuck is that? And it, your phone is ringing, and you go, why, why, why are they ringing me? You know, and the number of times you've rung me, and I thought, oh, God, what's she want? Um, <laughs> you always say, what do you want now? And I'm like, I'm going to stop calling. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's not a message, and it, it's lovely to hear someone's voice, and you have a very beautiful way of telling people that you love them before you hang it up. And that that's just... You know, Scott Mills used to do it on Radio 1, but do you know what? It's really nice. <laughs> do you know, once in a while, it's lovely to say to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, love you. Bye. I say it to people. I literally, even I've booked a couple of people on the, on the show this week. And when I've got off the phone, I'm like, all right, love you. Bye. And I and I do like I I enjoy that interaction and that connection and I don't feel like there's any reason not to love someone, not to not love someone. Sorry, and it for me it's warming when you say it as well. And I feel like it's so important. It might sound a bit weird, but like I I love saying that at the end of a phone call, and it also means that you matter because you did. I wouldn't I wouldn't be calling you if you didn't matter to me, you know. And I wouldn't be like texting people and responding to people. And there's one thing there's there's another side of what you're going through right now is that there's been many a times when i know you've not wanted to feel like a burden to someone giving them your problems and that is a big 
part of it because we feel like we're going to be too much for the other person and and then that makes us avoid the call altogether and that's not necessarily true that's a mind trick that can happen um to help us stay lonely you know it wants to be in control our mind wants to keep us in this fear state so it says oh you can't call that person you'll just burden them and then you never do you can follow olem on facebook instagram twitter soundcloud mixcloud spotify and youtube go to www.linktree/olem underscore dj don't forget to like comment and subscribe to his hit itunes podcast by searching Breaking Through with Olam. There's a, a part of your journey um, that has been transformed because of your ability to be a great dad and because of your kind of renewed love of being a dad as well, like having a different kind of relationship with your children because you've got a more honest relationship with them. And that's because you've got a more honest relationship with yourself in order for you to be able to do that with your kids. Um, that most people wouldn't want to be on a, you know, a show talking about their darkest gremlins and admitting their cocaine and all that when their kids are watching, and they probably are right now. They, um, they, they will inevitably listen. But there's some key messages that come out of this. I'm not superhuman. And that's the first thing anybody needs to spell about themselves. It's okay to be human. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to have flaws. Because when you tell your kids that, they realise it's okay also for them not to be brilliant. And when I admitted to both of the kids that I was in a bad place, I, I was unemployed, I was skinned, blah, 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 their, their reaction blew me away. And this is the whole, you know, falling in love with being... A, a dad again it was just they were so compassionate so supporting say so, well we don't need money all we need is each other and I, do you know what it's like wow you know out in the mouth of babes you know you kind of go doesn't matter what shit you're going through this is what matters you know and yeah it was telling my children i'm not as tough as they probably thought i was it's probably one of the most liberating and connecting things that I think I've ever done with anybody. Wow. Yeah, I'd agree. What what the ass there? I mean, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Up. Emily's Emily's quite strong. I haven't seen yeah. Oliver fight, but I can imagine Emily. <laughs> absolute rascal i love it um and i want to talk and i want to give appreciation to your uh, wonderful elaine yeah um because uh, elaine do you want to explain uh, who elaine is in your elaine, life gonna, elaine's my ex-wife somebody who i met at the wrong time in my life when i wasn't the right person for her when i was quite quite the opposite of person i am today hopefully and she she had shown me nothing but love and in return i gave her hell and i was horrible but over over the you know last couple of years we, we've fallen out you know we've been to some very dark places but in the midst of all of this she's the one person that i did not expect to come forward her and you know a wonderful partner mark they 
the compassion and kindness from what I would call the enemy was unbelievable. Last person that I would have expected. Um, she, she's been instrumental in so the support on the, the upward journey with, you know, with the kids and more so, you know, yeah, it's really nice. You know, it's out, it's out of that darkness that something beautiful is coming. You know, I, I went to spend the evening with them last night to, to finally put some skeletons to bed or whatever the phrase is and we had a lovely evening and they, those two you know mark who's a partner they they've shown so much kindness it, it, it brought a tear to my eye last night and you know and cried for ages but i was just like i could feel the warmth and i that was kind of nice to say i'm at I'm reaching a milestone in my own recovery. That's quite good. I love it. And I love the honesty and the fact that you can admit that because a lot of people wouldn't go there with their ex or wouldn't allow their ex to be seen in such a beautiful light as well because we like to do the revenge, but you've you've nailed it on that. And I was really not surprised to see this because I can't really say that being your friend, there's been loads of slagging off of Elaine. It's, to be honest, very rarely mentioned. Um, because I feel like you knew your role before, so you couldn't really kind of blame her now. And you, you've never been really that derogatory, if at all, regarding Elaine. Um, so this ownership part on here really made me smile because it just it felt something. It was it was a surprise to me. Um, well, it's not my it's not for me to bad mouth the mother of my children. Yeah, to anybody. She is a fantastic mother. We just wasn't suited. So, you know, I'm not going to badmouth her to anybody. And, I, you know, I'm very sure that she doesn't do the same. You know, we've brought up two wonderful crazies. And, you know, she has them 98% of the time. Yeah. So, you know, if she's not getting an MBE at some point, I'd be very surprised because you've spent two days with them, you know, in a typical weekend. Mm. And... You know, Emily's supersonic and, you know, she has batteries made by Tesla. She must have, but she doesn't stop. Whereas Elaine has this. That's what she reminded me when I was a kid. You know? She's beautiful. You, um, I want to move on before we kind of close for the show. And I want to just, obviously you've got a new job now, which is great. And it's given you a whole new kind of, sense of purpose um but not attachment to it which i might add which is great but you um you put here i'm going to read this out and then we can discuss it uh briefly but you put realization that i'm hurting myself only like drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die making a promise to myself to be the better person learning that being good is not by doing good it's about showing the good that is already in me each morning talking to a pick of the kids making me pledge to me uh, to make them proud. I'm starting each day by making my bed, which is the first task. The mind map of my route to a better me is health, happiness, success and wealth. And this is a list that you've devised yourself. So I'm going to skim over it and then we can talk about why this 
came in and obviously where you are now. I, I see the difference, but obviously people don't know you yet. So number one was a balanced diet. I think we're still working on that, actually. When I come to your house, all we do is eat fish and chips <laughs> and takeaways. So we need to change that bit. Maybe that's my problem and you solved it. But other than that, balanced diet, staying off the drugs. No midweek drinking, spending more time with the kids, keep in touch with friends, get more sun outside time if you can. Sorry, Boris, but we've got to do it. Get into employment properly, build on your qualifications, enhance your communication and your leadership skills, invest in a pension, save a percentage of your wages and avoid toxic people. So, oh, there's a, there's a few more here. Self-love before dating, which I think is an A-game one to go for. Build a relationship with my family, build a relationship with friends, run three times a week, reach 89k weights and train three times a week and run 10k by March 2021. So, how are you getting on with your list? Uh, well, I'm midway through dry January. Yeah. Probably the worst time to have this uh, interview. <laughs> uh, there's always a good time for a nap chat. It's never a bad time. I'm probably not investing in a pension, but I'm investing in myself, which is going to have far better dividends. Uh, well, since 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 being in full time employment, I you know stopped all the drugs a long time ago. All of this came about August September time during a walk, and I think. To put some context around it, I spend hours and hours out walking, talking to myself and telling myself off. You know, it it's quite it's quite weird being in the middle of the countryside, sort of almost giving yourself therapy, where you're basically saying, "This is what you should do." Well, why should I do it? You know, and I, honestly, I've lost hours, and this is where it all came from. And I, I took a notebook out, and I thought, well, I need to start from the inside of me and work outwards so look after myself healthy my mind get the right food into me and start building on really valuable relationships now when i say relationships the ones that actually matter you know and it was doing a i did quite a quite an extensive list and the uh if anybody has an opportunity to do this, it's quite a fun exercise. It's called Two Beers and a Puppy. Uh, I think, you know, it's quite well known. It's about, you know, you've got to list all the friends that you'd have two beers with and who you'd let look after your puppy and how that all splits down your friends will determine whether they're good friends or, you know, they're just acquaintances. So I did all of that and I built this mind map, which became a screensaver and... Yeah, I make my bed every day because I think that's the most important task. You know, get up, make your bed, and then everything else, bite-sized chunk throughout the day. You know, and at the end of the day, if you have a shit day, got a nice bed to get into. So, I love the two beers and a puppy. <laughs> Such a, where do you even hear that? I remember when you told me and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. I found it online and I think... If you have two beers with somebody, but you wouldn't let them look after your puppy, that means that they're okay to go out with, but you don't really trust them. Uh, if you let them look after your puppy, but you wouldn't go for a drink with them, it means that they're boring, but reliable. And <laughs> your really good friends are the ones that you go out and get smashed with, but let look after your dog. And I yeah. substituted puppy with children. So That's a good one. 
So for those at home, if you want to play that back uh, and do that challenge, that might cut some slack out of life. It might give you a really good, clean perspective on who deserves your time and who you really need to be having around you in this crazy world that we live in right now because it is batshit crazy and everything is being challenged. I will say it every night that that great rug that we swept everything under has gone for a walk and everything we have been avoiding is now here to be seen, to be felt and to be understood. And you have been rug, you know, sweeping under the rug for a couple of years now, Matt. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you. Come so, so far. And it's just, it's your ability to be honest as well. And it's also one of your talk points, if I'm honest, because uh, what's key in all of this on your route back up, don't get rid of one addiction and get another. So if you're going to give up smoking, give up drinking. If you're going to give up drinking, give up porn, give up drugs, give up negativity, give up all of that shit and then start afresh. And do you know what? If you want a beer at the weekend, have a beer at the weekend. But do you know what? Don't substitute one for the other because you never break free. No, it's a cycle. A really crap one, but it's a cycle. So, Matt, for anybody that's listening to this um, or watching it, um, what would you say from a man that has been in this situation and that has understood what you've understood and felt what you felt? What do you feel that you can say to somebody who may be either on the brink, in that, just coming out of it, or somewhere along that timeline that you, you gladly shared with us? I think that people need to accept that things are going to go wrong. Things do go wrong in life, and that's not the be-all and end-all, you know. Uh, I hit rock bottom, and, you know, we, we've talked this evening that I nearly took that ultimate step. What you've got to do is stop short of that last step and reach out to somebody, anybody, could be me, could be Nat, could be any of these signposted charities, and just... Tell somebody you're having a bad time because you'd be surprised how many people are in a similar situation or have had that wobble in their life. And if you feel like you can't do any more, give it a day, one day. But in that time, reach out to people, do everything you can. And do you know what? It will completely change your perspective because there's always a solution. Just telling somebody that you don't feel brilliant eases a little bit of the burden off yourself. You know, you're not putting it onto someone else, but they can often rationalise better than you can at this present moment, and that they they could save your life. Mm -hmm. They could. And I want to add to that that when you do start giving up these addictions or you start realizing that you have them and what they are, whether it's, you know, social media, drama, sex, alcohol, whatever it is, what's behind those addictions is a story that you have been telling yourself for some time. And you can rewrite your story at any time. 
you can add new characters you can take characters out you can change the direction of the which the book is going to go into and you can scrap it and completely start again and you are in that much control of your life and it may feel like things are permanent everything changes I think one of the key things as well, and I mean, you're the biggest advocate I know of this. Get the fuck off social media, honestly. <laughs> not, not YouTube, not YouTube. No, no, <laughs> not YouTube. Even if it's, I did this for a week and I advise people that I work with to do it for a week. The world doesn't change. Although you, you might fall out of touch with what's happening with Trump or what's the latest thing with COVID. I came off Facebook and, you know, unfortunately I'm not posting on Instagram. I felt so much better because what I'm not doing is importing everybody else's shit into my life. I'm being present in my own life and I'm inviting the people that I want into my life. And also I've got that capacity within my own life to go into somebody else's. So whilst I'm not checking my phone, I'm checking in with someone. And, you know, whether it be just interrupting a busy business meeting like I did this week to just have a five-minute FaceTime with Emily so she can show me a hamster. Do you know what? That's the shit that matters. Not not who's following who, who's doing what. Get off social media. Get away from toxic people and just show yourself a little bit of love. Five to ten minutes a day. Easy. I love that. So true. And yes, I am a big advocate of being off social media. I love having a YouTube now, but it's because I've only got one channel. It's not like a multiple notifications coming into my life. Um, so I want to say thank you to everyone that's watching the show today. Matt, you thank have you. been honest and powerful and lovely and adorable and vulnerable and open and honest and all the reasons that I love you. And I want to thank you. And, you know, I dropped this on you <laughs> yesterday. Was it yesterday or today no today yeah, last, yeah. Night, about last night this was meant to be about gaming addictions to gaming and me and Brian, he just didn't do enough work to get our gamers on the show and i was just like i'm gonna scrap it and ask matt if he wants to come on and do that talk we've been playing with the idea of and here we are um you smashed it well done how do you feel uh i feel happy that i'm able to share with people and i hope this if anything starts a conversation if just two people are either listening to this or you know watching this have a conversation that's a start and you know that that's often the start of any of these problems getting eradicated it's just talking about it get get away from that stigma that men should be resilient and you know internalize what they're thinking because you know me you know i i can handle my own and this this broadsided me completely knocked me off my feet it doesn't matter how physically tough you are how harsh you are confident you are you know this 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 attacks you in so many places and i think it's really important that people should talk more about it take away that stigma that that has been involved and just make some fun you know have fun smile you know fuck this covid you know if anything it just gives us an opportunity to pick up the phone and talk to our friends and family and just concentrate on what matters yeah oh and dean thank you very much for listening 
yeah, we've had Diana, 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 yeah, we've had some lovely comments um, from really people. You'll probably be able to read back through all of those. Um, and I, you know, I, I love doing these shows. I really do, and I'm I'm being disciplined, and I'm showing up every night. And um, I don't have anything else to do. Basically, Boris has blocked my diary for a long time. And uh, as he has with everyone else's. And I just feel like showing up and having these conversations with people like you, Matt, is, you know, enriches my life in many ways. And I know you'll be like, oh, really? Like, you know, but you do. Like, I love our authentic common conversations that we have about everything because it's not just one thing. These, like, commonalities between everything. It's, we we go way down the rabbit hole. Um, Yeah. It's beautiful, but I want to um, say to everyone, we have. I'm I'm co-hosting a channel on um, a brilliant kind of uh, big day on the 31st of January. It's called the Great Connection Festival uh, Festival with my friend Adam. Um, it's all about this kind of stuff and and tapping into who you really are and digging into your feelings and really reconnecting. Um, there's loads of cool stuff. There's yoga. There's music. There's um, deeper conversations and there's loads of cool ideas. So there's a link in the description below if you want to check that out. Um, I have had a Telegram channel for a long time on Telegram, uh, but now everyone's jumped on it because they're off WhatsApp. I'm just recruiting more people. If you want to reach out, I'm going to post the shows in there and a few other bits and pieces um, kind of behind the scenes of what I'm up to and kind of reaching out. If anybody wants to connect on there, you can do so at the bottom. It's been wiggling along the bottom. Matt, if anybody wants to reach you and reach out and say something, where do they go? What do they do? Well, firstly, they get in touch with you. So if anybody wants to talk to me, speak. am I am I going to be your filter? Am I your reception? No, I, I, I say I'm not on social media, but I am on. You know, you can you uh, Google Olem O L E M underscore DJ. All my links are on my link tree. By all means, get in touch with uh, I am Sound. But you know, I'm here to talk, and I'm by what no means an expert, but I've got a set of ears and all it would take is somebody to ring me and say, I want to talk about, and all you'd get from me is I want to listen because I think that's really important that we just listen to each other, not listen to talk, but just listen to understand, you know, and if I can have an opportunity to say thank you to a couple of people who put comments in here, you know, like Dav, uh, William, Rebecca, you know, Diana again, William, you know, Hassan, all of you, have made this evening so much more fulfilling for me because you've shown me a bit of love and i've been really nervous about this and oh, yes you have <laughs> you know you're one of my best friends now and there's nothing that we can't talk about sometimes really inappropriate but <laughs> talking about something that's really deep and personal to me mm. has helped and you know, I'd really like to help somebody else if I can, you know, pay it forward, as they say. Indeed. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that need a chat. They can have a Matt chat instead of a Nat chat this time. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be Matflix instead of Netflix. Love it. I thank you so much for everyone that is watching and, and supported me. I am back on tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, I believe, I should know what's on tomorrow. What is on tomorrow, Matt? Do you know? Why would you know? Doing your gaming thing tomorrow? No, gaming, I couldn't. We didn't We didn't get our asses in gear around gaming, so we put that one. So we've got money talks tomorrow. 
the vulnerability about money, um, the awkwardness around it. I've lived in that awkwardness for a very long time. Owning up. What I want to do um, tomorrow is answer any questions as well. I actually um, solved quite a lot of my money issues by my sheer discipline and attention and geeking out and making it into a bit of a workshop, which I then held at the beginning of COVID and helping people face their finances, which is the most awkward shit in the world because it's attached to your self-worth or so you tell yourself, um, which it isn't but I've been there with that t-shirt. So if I can offer any help on that, I'm going to have some awkward conversations around that. Um, and I'm also, I've got a little bit of space on that. If anybody that's watching fancies joining me tomorrow on air, like why not just reach out and let's talk shit about money. Um, and then on Saturday nights, if you're not going out to a rave, which I'm sure you're not, or for a dinner somewhere, we've got uh, Where's Your Head At? Um, and I've got my friend Danny on. I've got jo jo Joanna, who's doing a really cool um, thing with uh, alcohol, like staying off alcohol for 60 days in a big group of her. And I've got Joel back as well. So every Saturday night, we're just going into that. And then on Sunday, we have an amazing night, which is um, sound and energy. And I have Jonathan Goldman with me, who is an amazing sound healer. And he's talking uh, about how we can use humming to improve our lives, which is going to be weird because we'll be able to try it as well. And I just want to say, I've, I've, I haven't got it in right now. But I, I've got a new brace. Um, it's like one of those Invisalign things. And I put it on and I cut all my tongue today. So when I've been talking, I've been, I think I sound like I've got a lisp a little bit because my tongue really hurts. I've got like all this inside. So if it has sounded a bit weird, I'm sorry, but that's just my me, me my self-conscious being like, oh my God, my tongue really hurts. Uh, but we'll be humming on Monday. So that'll make it even better, apparently. Um, and somebody's put, I like the thumb and title. Thumb, 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 thumb. Where's the thumb? Do you know what she's talking about, Matt? This oh, this. I don't know. Is this what you're talking about? I don't know. I'm guessing. She'll message in a second. But we will see you um, tomorrow at 7 o'clock, same time, and get whoever you want to join it. I'm not sure anybody else is doing anything. Just get more viewers and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed already, I'm sure you have. But if you haven't, subscribe. I'm almost at 500 subscribers on my channel, and we're jumping up on I Am Sound as well. So make my day and subscribe. Love you all. Thank you so much. Uh, bye for now. Bye. You can follow Olem on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Mixcloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Go to www.linktree slash Olem underscore DJ. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to his hit iTunes podcast by searching Breaking Through with Olem.